Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Cam Miller, Pro Football Focus in a moment. Dave Revson, BTN, final half hour. First of all, our play by play call the day. He's now at 100 RBIs and 30 home runs. Xander Bogarts of the Red Sox. Swing and a high fly into right field. Back on it, Blackman. At the wall. Gone. Home run number 30. RBI number 100. And Xander Bogarts has put the Red Sox ahead 6-3. to three. And the call last night on the uh, Red Sox radio network on WEEI as they beat the Colorado Rockies and have now won for their last five. All right. Uh, we talked about it being a regular Thursday feature. We're thrilled to have with us Cam Meller from Pro Football Focus because the season kicks into a big-time gear starting tonight. Cam, welcome. It's always great to have you with us. Thanks for your time. I do appreciate it. I got games tonight within a few hours, so life is good. All right, let me ask you something. You know, now, now that you're doing this and you're looking that intently at a game, can you now watch a game where you're not working and enjoy it, or do you have to work the game to enjoy it? It's becoming increasingly difficult to not work it, but I find so much enjoyment out of working it that I think that's where that stems from. So watching while working is more enjoying or more enjoyable than I think watching without trying to work because it's more work to not work. (laughs) That's exactly right. Okay, your featured game of the week is going to be the one that features a couple of ranked teams. Oregon's going to take on Auburn. Uh, So what intrigues you going in about the matchup that you're going to be looking for uh, just to give everybody an idea of what you're thinking. Yes, polar opposites. You have Justin Herbert, longtime starter, number three on our rankings going forward, amazing two-year grades. And you have Bo Nix. When they suit up, that should be this day in history. Bo Nix becomes the first true freshman to start a game for Auburn since 1946. That's a year after World World War II. So Bo Nix is in uncharted territories for the Tigers. So, you know, Herbert is, everybody knows who Herbert is. Nobody knows who Bo Nix is. And I think that's the the ultimate determining factor because football is dominated by the quarterback position. So Nix puts up some good numbers, some fun numbers. It demonstrates why he won the job. And I think we have... You know, quite possibly one of the better games of the weekend. Yeah, in fact, uh, yeah, you're talking to somebody who does know a little bit about Bonex. And it, the interesting thing is that I think the selection of Bonex told me a lot about the mindset of Gus Malzahn and how he thinks about this season. Because I think he thinks that in the end, as young as this guy is, that that's the best chance they they have. I think so, too. And, I mean, you look at Joey Gatewood, who was the other guy there, Mr. Florida Football. So, 
a pedigree to, to win Mr. Florida football but not win the starting job after a few years in the system, that also speaks to just how good and, and how highly thought out of Knicks is with Maldon. No question. Now, tonight you got UCLA, Cincinnati. Georgia Tech plays Clemson tonight. I like Clemson's quarterback, by the way. Uh, Utah, BYU will be playing tonight as well. Of those games, which one do you, which ones of those are games that really interest you? So uh, I will personally be in attendance at the UCLA Cincinnati game. That's, that's your that's your home base. You just moved there. Home base. I got to represent the Bearcats. Uh, UCLA actually is is a, a friend of PFF as well too. So we're just rooting for a pretty good game. I'll be there. You know, just kind of watching Desmond Ritter though. But I think of the the Thursday night slate of games, we do see Clemson Cruz. So that doesn't. I'm, I'm interested to see Georgia Tech's offense and what they do with it. But yeah. I think the Holy War, Utah versus BYU. Opening the season and with such a highly highly thought of game for the Cougars, Zach Wilson wants to make a statement. Does Tyler Huntley come back after his injury for for Utah? I think that's the sneaky, not even maybe the best game of Thursday night, maybe the best game of the entire weekend. Right. I want to ask you about Cincinnati UCLA though. First of all, Chip Kelly obviously has had a, has had to do a tear down and a and a rebuild. So, what are a couple of elements you're looking at with UCLA football? in his rebuild that that you're going to see if it sticks out to you tonight or not and how it works statistically? I want to see the quarterback growth. I want to see how well the rest of the young cast of characters out there, they have to replace a couple of different players in some pretty important positions. So I do. I want to see them grasp the system and the scheme. And I think that's what lacked last year is that, you know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson couldn't quite get enough consistent play around him and as an inconsistent quarterback himself. So consistency for the Bruins, I think that's got to be number one in offensive firepower. they just got to be able to move the ball quick and move the ball fast. And that's where I think they do have the edge over the, any group of five team, but especially over Cincinnati, is, is going to be speed and this play-calling ability. Well, here's Cincinnati. Well, they have seven starters back on defense, and that's Luke Fickle's side of the ball. Statistically, what have you liked about the defense? Because, I mean, look, Cincinnati did pretty well last year. They went 11-2. and two. Yeah, they have. They've historically in the PFF era, they've had guys that bring it from the middle of the defensive line. Yeah, so Cortez Broughton, Marquise Copeland, both of those guys were consistently in the top of our interior defender rankings, both run defense and pass rush for those guys. So they have to replace now. Copeland's gone. Everybody's gone essentially, and Fickle. You know, that, that is his little bread and butter, I think. But, uh, you know, I think they're going to see we may have an injury or two that hasn't been released. We haven't seen James Wiggins at practice for the Bearcats. So I think it's a big loss if they do lose him, probably the best defensive back coming back. So I, I do think maybe there's a little bit of, uh, you know, we might see something in the Cincinnati defense we might not have seen prior with uh, some players moving around. But I, I want to see how Fickle can, can adjust to what he's lost. All right, Utah BYU, which you've already brought up. Everyone knows what Utah has defensively. In fact, if Utah and Washington were still playing the Pac-12 championship game right now, neither team would have scored. Uh, there would still be nothing, nothing in the 28th overtime. But when you look at Tyler Huntley on offense and Zach Moss at the running back spot, what does that? What can they do to swing a season for Utah? First off, this week, show everybody that you're back and that you're healthy. they yes. got to finish the season as well because if you want to compete in the Pac-12, you got to be healthy at the right moments, pick your right spots, and Moss and Huntley need to stay healthy. Huntley is 
everything that you'd want him to be. He took care of the ball super well, and he also picked and chose his spots perfectly. So he was on launching or you know launching these big time throws of ours right when it was almost like they needed a boost. So he's picking his moments, he's picking his shots, and I think Huntley is far more than any sort of game manager. He's this just dynamic quarterback that needs a little bit more time in the pocket, and that's where I think they score some points on the BYU defense who doesn't really have any stars. Right. Uh, all right, now when you get to Friday night, what uh, what game of interest is there for you Friday night? There aren't, you know, there are ranked teams playing, but they're not playing against other ranked teams. I, I do want to see Jamie Newman at Wake Forest against Jordan Love, Utah State. Yep. Jordan Love needs a statement game to put himself into the draft radar. But my sneaky good uh, good game to watch is Oklahoma State going to Oregon State. Battle of the OSUs. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> Oklahoma State's got 14 points as their favorite right now, but we see it more as like a 10 and a half, maybe even 10 points for for Oklahoma State. So I think if you're gonna if you're gonna go against the spread here or go with a spread bet, you're looking at Oregon State. They have. Jake Luton coming back, monster of a man. But he's, I, I read something, and I, I did a little d- deep dive, you know, fifth-year, sixth-year guy here, and he's never had, until this season, the same offensive coordinator in a, in a back-to-back season. So this is arguably his best situation he's returning to. The guys that he has throwing the ball to, I think maybe the most criminally underrated pass-catching group in all of the country as well. Right. So there's guys that get it done for Luton, and I think they just they, they can put up some points. And if you're looking at a, a two-touchdown spread at Vegas, I don't think that the Oregon State offense doesn't capitalize on that and score enough touchdowns to make this one closer. Cam, I want to revisit Oregon-Auburn for a second because we talked about Bowden Nix, but I want to flip it to the other side. When you when all of you broke down the numbers on Justin Herbert last year, you know he's one of those guys you hear, oh, he could be a top ten pick. He, you know, he could. You know. How in reality, how did he play last year? Did he actually put himself in a position where he can be this highly thought of, or in the end, did numerically, did he make the right decision coming back to give it another shot? I think it could work two twofold for him. I do think another year coming back, he probably would have been up there. Uh, in the first round conversation, maybe even taking Kyler Murray's spot at number one, just based on traits and based on the 2017 season that he just absolutely dominated, albeit didn't play the whole season. But 20, 2018 was more of a regression to the mean for him. Now, what he has going for him is his regression to the mean is a bit above average, high quality, almost elite starter. So I do think that another year back, a full year healthy again as well, could only pay dividends for him in the future. Uh, and I do think that's where he he's got the best offensive line in the country. He's got he's got all the throws in his arsenal, and this will be the time in his career that he will be the most well protected. All five offensive linemen are just are elite level guys, and that's where I think Herbert will be able to diagnose pressure, diagnose defenses, see schemes, and that's where probably what NFL scouts are going to be wanting to be looking at for him is how well he can read and react in a clean pocket. Because if you look at what he did last year, last year was actually the first time in his career he was under 60% passing. Uh, he, they do get the Penn State transfer, Jawan Johnson, in there. Can that make a difference for him? Because Johnson is at least listed as a one on their depth chart. I think it can. I think you look back to and his adjusted completion percentage, and this is Herbert we're talking about yes, now at this point. that's right. Still, yeah, his adjusted completion percentage was significantly higher than that, you know, sub-60 completion percentage. He, he uh, all quarterbacks returning to college football on deep passes, and I, I go back to this talking about Herbert because he still finished top five and top ten in deep touchdowns and deep yards, 
And so he had eight deep passes dropped last year. So that, those are our passes, 20 yards or more downfield. Right. No other quarterback had more than six. And so for Herbert to rank inside the top five and top ten in yards and touchdowns, with eight passes dropped, we're talking a guy he could have been top three, maybe even holding the, the season-long lead in deep touchdowns and deep passes. So a little bit of help from his skill, skill players, and his numbers, I think, go back up to where they were in 2017. Right, uh, and I would be remiss if I uh, did not uh, ask you about Penn State going into this. I know they're pl- they're playing Idaho, uh, but uh, just your quick thoughts on Penn State uh, as a foundation point for uh, moving forward into the season for us. I think I think the future is now, and I think the future is Mr. Clifford himself. I, I can't wait to see him. We probably won't get to see him for a full game, but I just I want to see how he runs the offense, how he handles everything, and I want to see Franklin's scheme for him. Cam, absolute pleasure. We really enjoy this. Thanks so much for being with us, for being with us as often as you're going to be with us. I think the audience loves it. My pleasure. And, again, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to all the football on the landscape this weekend, too. <laughs> you better, better believe we've got, we got a five-day college football fest coming up. This will be something. <laughs> My wife's out of town for a reason, so I can literally do nothing but watch. <laughs> In fact, I think I just saw her going through our town here. I mean, <laughs> that's all it's gone. She's, she's on a tour of the nation anywhere but where I am. <laughs> Cam, thanks so much. My pleasure. Cam Miller, Pro Football Focus. Dave Reps and BTN next half hour as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570 286 5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. All right, Dave Revson uh, joining us in the next half hour. The Phillies uh, last night took apart the Pirates. Um, so, big win for them. Yeah, the only guy in the starting nine that only had one hit was Corey Dickerson, but a key home run. And the only guy that had a chance to get to the plate that did not had a hit, did not get a hit, was Brad Miller. But <laughs> but you had more than one player like Bryce and one or two other players using Brad Miller's bat. <laughs> yeah, Brad Miller's bat. Yeah. <laughs> Must be something about it. Yeah. Brad Miller's bat. Order up some more bats. Well, the Bucky Den home run. He broke his bat on the previous pitch. So he went over and he borrowed Mickey Rivers' bat. And then um, went to the plate and homered off Mike Torres. Stupid bat. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid bat. Oh, Oh, man. About a dollar for every time every Red Sox fan said that in the late 70s. My mortgage would be paid off. (laughs) <laughs> and yours. Bucky <Both>. Dent. 
I was watching that in my apartment here in the, at Penn State. So were you picking sat, up the... Uh, sat P- in that room... Sat in that room all day watching it. You picking up the PIX feed, hearing Bill White was on that call, wasn't it? Wasn't uh, actually, the game was nationally televised. Oh, okay. Uh, it was nationally televised on ABC. So I got, I think it was Keith Jackson. Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> like great. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. Oh, where'd he get that bat? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, but there's. But uh, remember, we had Dave Sims on doing the impersonation of Bill White. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, okay, Dave, I'm feeling better now. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, years gone by. Years gone by. <clears throat> well, we'll have the Yankees fan on the show is. tomorrow. So. Well, the Yankees fan on the show tomorrow. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he texted yeah. me last. Your brother texted me last night. He goes, "We picking games this year?" I go, "Yeah." I go, "So I put I put your brother in charge of the picks because I know he gets the NFL selections each week. So I know he has some. Uh, he's going to be laid up for a little bit here in the not too distant future. So and he said, "Yeah." yeah. He said that. He said, "Perfect. That'll give me something to do." That's right. This show is a reason to live. Uh, so, <laughs> so we'll get some games to pick from from the king tomorrow. So he'll be completely prepared. You and I will be completely in the dark. Yeah. I don't really care. See, I'm kind of taking that attitude this year. I don't want to put any pressure in, on myself to to repeat. So I just kind of I'm going to throw caution to the wind and. Just have fun with it. Be like me. I I don't care at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That sounds good. I'll go that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there and worry about it. No. By the way, Clemson plays Georgia Tech tonight on ACC Network. Does anybody have it? The funny part is, I because uh, you and I are, are we're on the same cable system. We both have Comcast Xfinity, so I spoke into my remote control to see if it may have been magically added to my lineup. <laughs> and the last time, no. I, yeah, the last time I voiced it in, it it didn't pop up. So, yeah, I did that too, and I said, "What are you nuts?" Uh, so, I mean, I just only like what it talks back. I'm like, okay, I pay, on, I pay you this much per month. You can't add one more sports channel for me when I want to check it out. Oh, they can add it. Sure. But it's, it's going to cost a lot. Uh, <laughs> that's another topic for another day for the, the post-show podcast. This is crazy what they charge. Well, well, we've talked about it before. I mean, it's the group of I the think, ESPN stations that cost the most for these providers to have, and yes, it's in that it umbrella. Is. So, yeah. By the way, speaking of ESPN, though, I think they've got what might be the best game of the day, and that is uh, Utah BYU. Yeah, I got to try to stand for that. It's not on until ten fifteen. I'm good for a quarter and a half at least. Oh, no, I'm in for the long haul. 
Now, if the long haul gets out of control, then the haul's done. But, yeah. I mean, tomorrow I get to sleep in a little bit. As you know, I, I, I haven't had a day off this month. So, even though tomorrow's not an off day, I'll sleep in a little bit. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. BTN, like other networks, is taking its pregame show on the road. First stop will be outside Gate B of the Bryce Jordan Center. Penn State and Idaho. He does brilliant work, absolutely brilliant work. I have a tremendous respect for him both what he does on the air, but also off the air as well. Dave Revson from BTN. Dave, welcome back. It's great to have you with us. Thanks a lot, Steve. Looking forward to getting to Happy Valley and kicking off the season. It's going to be great. Yeah, you had a lot of glimpses. You know, you're able to get into each practice along the way. So, that, I mean, the tour is, is illuminating. What, you know, what did you take out of the Penn State practice when you watched it a couple of weeks ago? Well, I think one of the biggest things that I took is that the defense looks really good. I mean, I think it's a fast and talented group. It's clearly their stronger side of the ball on paper, and, and it showed up that way when we saw them at practice. I, You know, I I think there's just a ton of star power there. I mean, Gross Matos is kind of the obvious place to start. Parsons is outstanding. It looks like John Reed is fully healthy, or certainly was when we were there and and so you know that to me is is a really positive sign i just feel like they have star power on every level of that defense the the defensive line in particular uh look to me like it's it's going to be outstanding so so that was probably the the biggest thing that stood out just this feeling that they'll have a really good defense and when you have a really good defense you have a chance to not only be in every game but to win every game the other side of the ball of course is where the big question marks are um you know, Trace McSorley is such a great leader. Uh, it was interesting to watch Sean Clifford. It clearly has a really good arm, a, a solid athlete. Um, you know, I think Levis is, you know, gives him maybe a little bit more athletic dimension. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on him. I, I was impressed by the running backs. I think I was concerned that there'd be a drop off there, but, but they've clearly recruited really well. I guess I feel like on that side of the ball, it, it's going to kind of be to a certain extent, a referendum on James Franklin's recruiting because it's a, it's a young, somewhat inexperienced group, but but a lot of really highly recruited guys, and, and we'll see whether or not they can kind of step into spotlight roles right away. It, it seems in the Big Ten over the years that you can look at, okay, this a favorite, that's a favorite, that's a favorite. What sense did you get in going around the conference? Are you sensing in going around the conference that uh, – that, Maybe not one through fourteen, but one through ten, one through eleven, maybe that it's, things are a little more even in this conference, maybe than they've been in a while. Yeah, I would say so. Now, I don't know whether that's a, a great formula for a league or not. I yeah, mean, I know. Know, the ACC couldn't be more uneven, and and of course, you know, they're getting teams in the playoff every year and winning national championships. So, so, but yes, I mean, the answer to the question is, I do think it's really even. I, I think the explanation for it 
probably mostly lies in the West in that I think some of those West schools have just made really good hires. I think they've kind of figured out their identities. You know, schools that, that generally, or recently anyway, haven't been all that good. You know, Purdue, of course, has a reap, but, but had gone through a tough time. They made a great hire in Jeff Brom. I think Minnesota got the right guy in P.J. Fleck after kind of wandering through the wilderness a little bit since letting Glenn Mason somewhat inexplicably, uh, inexplicably go. You know, you already have good coaches at, at Wisconsin and Iowa and, and, you know, Northwestern. And so you just kind of have this this sense that, that the West is doing things right, making good decisions, kind of maximizing who they can be. And, and if all those schools do that, uh, they can all be right there and, and, you know, really competitive. Obviously, Nebraska has some historic um, advantages, I guess, for lack of a better term, over some of the others. They made a great hire as well in Scott Frost, so, so you get the sense they're coming back. It, it just feels like that side's really even. The East a little less so, but but I think Ohio State, you know, it's a team in transition, so they come back to the pack a little more. And does that give Michigan or Michigan State or Penn State the obvious top four there the opportunity to, to maybe sneak in and, and win that side? And, and I think the answer is yes. In your camp tours, did anybody change your mind one way or the other? Like, okay, I thought they were going to be okay, but, you know, they might be a little bit better than I thought they were going to be. Anybody jump out to you in that regard? Yeah, I would say a couple. We were actually talking about this yesterday. I think we, we kind of want to do this as, as part of our pregame show on Saturday. I, I, I think all of us were a little more impressed than we expected to be with Nebraska. I, I you know, I, I know that they're like a fashionable pick and everyone's kind of rolling their eyes and saying, I mean, come on, look at what that defense looked like last year. How do you make that big a jump in, in one year? And, and I, I think that that's a fair question. Um, and, and I do have some question marks defensively, but, but man, they look good up front. I mean, I think they'll be really strong there. I, I think linebacker's going to be a, a little bit of an issue, but they have a, a good-looking secondary as well. They have such a good quarterback. They're really talented at the skill positions. Uh, so to me, I, I just felt like Nebraska was one where I was kind of, you know, I'll wait and see on it, and, and I saw them and, and was probably more convinced than I expected to be. Plus, I like their schedule. You know, they get a lot yeah. of their toughest games at home, I mean, Ohio State has to go there. Wisconsin has to go there. Uh, Iowa, Northwestern. So I think they have a lot of things going in, in their favor. I, I will say, I mean, look, the West is, is going to be wide open. I, I'm not sure I necessarily subscribe to that notion that six teams could win it. Although I will say that if you told me in December that any of six teams got there, you know, in other words, if, okay, you're covering Purdue at the Big Ten Championship game, I, I wouldn't be stunned. Uh, but I'd be more surprised by them than I would be, you know, say by Nebraska or, or even Wisconsin, although the, the schedule for Wisconsin is absolutely brutal. I thought you made a, a really interesting point in the in the previous question when you, you, you mentioned the ACC and how dominant, essentially you alluded how dominant Clemson's been as opposed to everybody else. And we know how good Alabama is. So where do you stand on four versus six or eight in the playoff, Dave. Is four still the right number for you, or when you see a conference, the depth of the Big Ten, where people can knock each other off, should there be an expansion? Well, I mean, I was one of the last converters to the playoff in the first place. I didn't hate the BCS to the extent that other people did. Um, I certainly saw its flaws, but, but I think 
most I, I think my belief was that most systems are flawed and and that at least that one was flawed in such a way that there were a lot of teams that were kind of left out, I guess for lack of a better way of putting it. You know, now when you're picking four teams and you got five power conferences, um, I, I, I just don't think that they've done what what they were supposed to do. You know, they were supposed to be this, this premium put on winning conference championships. Uh, you know, that is, that is kind of spelled out clearly uh, in their marching orders, and it just hasn't been the case. And, and so I think from that point of view, I'm a little disappointed in kind of how the, how the college football playoff selection committee has gone about its job. I know it's a tough job. I went and set in on the mock down in, in Dallas, and, and so I understand the challenge that's in front of them. So I guess I'm of the mindset that, okay, if we're going to have a playoff, and, and you know, essentially when, when this thing was started, one of the things they, they hammered home in addition to winning conference championships was playing a strong schedule. Yes. And I don't think a strong schedule has been rewarded in any way. I mean, you know, you could take Ohio State's game to Iowa, you know, lost to Iowa two years ago, and replace that with a game against Northern Iowa. And you could take their you know, loss to Purdue last season and replace it with a game against Indiana State or Ball State or whatever, and they would have been in the playoff. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess I just think that's wrong. I mean, it's harder to play nine conference games. It's harder to have to go – you know, on the road one more time against a, a conference foe. It's harder to have this de-emphasis on playing FCS teams. It's not an outright banishment, but as you know, there are far fewer of those games in the Big Ten. And I just don't feel like the league's getting credit for it. So, so again, I look at it from a Big Ten perspective. How can I not? You know, that, that's the lens that I view the college football mm-hmm. world through. And to me, I don't think the Big Ten is, is getting – getting rewarded for the things that it has done that it believed were things that it was supposed to do. So at that point, you might as well just say every conference champ gets in and, and then we can take a few at-large teams and, and expand it to eight. So, or, or even do it at six, as you said, and, and maybe have a couple get a double buy. But, uh, but either way, yeah, I, I just think kind of this notion of, and, you know, for that matter, the Pac-12 being left out too. I, I, I guess I just um, – I don't think that this is what people had in mind when they thought about a playoff. I, I don't think they were thinking about three teams from the Southeast in Notre Dame. Right, and, and I, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, to me, people want to see really good games. Well, I think the Big Ten gives them really good games on a, four, a far more uh, weekly standard than maybe some other conferences do, and I think in the end they get, uh, they get defeated for doing it. Yeah, that's kind of my sense, too, I feel like. And look, you know, I think we have to be honest about kind of why the Big Ten made some choices it did. I mean, if you oh, play sure. nine conference games instead of eight, you get more money from TV. There's no question. So, yep. And, and, and you have more people in the stadium and all those things. So, so was this done purely altruistically, or was this done purely from a point of view of, okay, we're doing only something that we think is what we're supposed to do competitively? No. I mean, there are a lot of factors that go into scheduling. There are a lot of factors that go into those decisions, and I, I do think we have to be upfront and, and say that. And that the Big Ten has benefited greatly from some of those decisions, from a pure financial point of view, and from fan interest, and in all of those types of things. That being said, there was a belief that those two went hand in hand, and, and I just don't think that that has been the case. So, so to me, if that's what it's going to be, I, I think it's inevitable to open it up. I think it would be a real reactionary move, frankly, to go back to eight as people have talked about. Mm-hmm. I, I, 
you know, go back to eight conference games is, is what I'm saying, because I think the playoff is going to expand eventually to eight teams. I just think there's going to be too much pressure. I think there's going to be dissatisfaction with the teams we get. So I think the Big Ten's still on the right path. I think doing it the right way, um, you know, maybe it costs you over the, the next year or two if you end up in a similar situation. But I think in the long run, this is the way it's going. It, it, it's just a shame that others have followed their lead because I think the sport would be more interesting. This weekend would be more interesting if more people had followed their lead. In fact, I'll take it one step further. Everything you said was factual. I mean, so it's, it's factual. But I, the, to me, the indicator, Dave, is when I look at Ohio State's going to play home and away with Oklahoma, which they did. Uh, Penn, Penn State's got a home and away with Auburn coming up. they got Virginia Tech on the road next year. Michigan put Notre Dame on there again. I mean, so in terms of the out-of-conference scheduling, I mean, the supposed you know big teams in the Big Ten have attempted to do something with their non-conference schedule. Because as you and I both know, even though Alabama has neutral games, the last road game non-conference they played here was 2011 here. Yep. So... Yeah, I, I mean, you know, again, you're you're preaching to convert it here. Um, <laughs> you know, I I agree with you 100. percent It is interesting. Obviously, Alabama has, has scheduled a, a road game against Wisconsin, but but of course that'll be long after Nick Saban is is gone. I would assume from Tuscaloosa, and I think they also probably understand. And again, I believe that, that at that point the playoff will have expanded, and yeah. so that there at that point will be no disincentive. And and so I I guess for the good of the sport. I would like to see the playoff expand. I, I, again, yeah. this is different from a, the tune that I was singing when we went to the college football playoff sure. in the first place because I wasn't crazy about it. But then again, you kind of see what's happened here. I, I do think it has increased interest in the sport in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think in hindsight it has been good for the sport, but I just feel like the way it's actually been applied hasn't necessarily been what I believe that, that it would be. Uh, final question for you, Dave. Uh, going into the opening weekend and the opening show here, what are a couple? Yeah. Of, what are a couple of storylines that personally interest you, conference-wise, that you want to broach with uh, uh, Howard and with uh, and with Jerry? Well, I think one of the biggest ones. You know, there are two that kind of go hand in hand, and and that's the transition at Ohio State with Ryan Day. Yep. I don't think you could ignore eighty-three and nine. I mean, Urban Meyer was really, really good there, <laughs> uh, and so you know, Ryan Day is he's very different. He's cut from a different cloth than Urban is. He's forty years old. I, I think he's probably a little more approachable for the players, but but he doesn't have the same track record or cachet, you know, Urban Meyer is a brilliant tactician will go down as, as one of the great coaches in college football, understood the psychological component of the game in in such a huge way. Uh, so that, that's not easy to replace, and it's not easy to step into those shoes. So that's kind of the, the first storyline. I do think that goes hand-in-hand to a certain extent with Michigan and, and the opportunity for them. You know, it's been 14 years now since Michigan has won a conference championship. They've won more than any school in the Big Ten, yet this ties for their longest drought ever. There is no reason in the world they shouldn't be able to win it this year. I mean, they get Ohio State and Michigan State at home. Uh, They have an experienced quarterback in Shea Patterson. Jim Harbaugh now has brought in the the new coordinator and Josh Gaddis. They're going to kind of modernize that offense. Uh, You have the supposed genius as a defensive coordinator in Don Brown. I mean, you kind of have all those pieces right. there. And if, if you can't make it work, I, I think it, it brings up some bigger questions about, you know, why 
what has happened here to Michigan. And then I, I guess, you know, in the East, I just went over, look, Penn State, Michigan State, I feel like they're kind of lying in the weeds there. So, so to me, those are, those are the biggest storylines on that side. And then in the West, just kind of the wide-open nature of it, whether or yeah. not Nebraska can live up to the hype. But I think all those things are really interesting. It is always a pleasure talking with you. Always is. It will be great to have you here this weekend. I hope you enjoy it and uh, have a great show on Saturday. Steve, I cannot wait. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, too. You are one of the absolute best uh, in our business. The advent of Sirius Satellite Radio and my <laughs> ability to listen to you call play-by-play while I come back from uh, tailgate spots or while I drive around during basketball seasons is, is a great pleasure. You do just a, a fabulous job. So uh, kudos to you, and, and thanks for your kind words as well. Very, very kind of you to say. Dave, I'll see you Saturday. All right, looking forward to it, Steve. Take care. All right, Dave Revson, BTN. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. You've patiently waited all summer to buy that new car or truck. Well, this is it. Hurry into all Sunbury Motors locations now through Saturday. At Sunbury Motors Ford, it's the final days of the Hurry Up and Save sales event. Choose from over 100 new 2019 Ford F-150s with discounts as high as $14,500. And choose from over 50 2019 Ford Escapes. They start at $17,985. At Sunbury Motors Hyundai, a 2019 Hyundai Kona SE stars at just $28,52. There's 13 2019 Tucson SE starting at twenty two six nineteen, and a two thousand twenty Elantra SE is under twenty grand at nineteen oh eighty nine. At Sunbury Motors Kia, there's zero percent financing for up to seventy five months on select two thousand nineteen Kia Optimas, Sportages, Cadenzas, Sedonas, and Serenos. Your interest rate will be zero until two thousand twenty five. And the summer with a new vehicle from Sunbury Motors Ford Lincoln Hyundai in the North Fourth Street Auto Plaza, and at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Sunbury Tomorrow we'll talk a lot about Penn State football. Believe it or not, we're also going to have Carolyn Keeger on the show tomorrow. The Lady Lion basketball coach. We'll talk with her. Nate Bauer will make an appearance tomorrow. The King makes an appearance tomorrow. We mean the South Windsor, Connecticut King. We don't mean the King of all broadcast media, the award winner. When he won the award, he wanted you and me to carry him off the stage. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, thanks, Belichick. Nice work. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of we got the invite. We enjoyed our dinner. Then we found out the real reason why we're called upon to show up. Yep, and we made sure that the reason was invalid. <laughs> you and I turned and left. <laughs> Way to go. Good job. <laughs> Uh, they'll have that broadcast tomorrow night. It'll be uh, at Central Columbia. And uh, also tomorrow, Sealands Grove at Jersey Shore, Central Mountain at Lewis, Lewisburg. Lewisburg on 100.9, the Valley, which, by the way, is the Steelers tonight. Eagle 107 will have Sealands Grove, and News Radio 1070 WKOK will have Shikolomi tomorrow. And then uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK will have Penn State football on Saturday when uh, Penn State takes on Idaho. Interesting for uh, Idaho. You know, I, look, I know Penn State's a prohibitive favorite, but Idaho's best player is suspended for the game. Did you know that? 
Christian Ellis. So you watch him on tape. The guy, the guy's a good player. He's a good player. Um. But he did something stupid, or it's alleged that he did something stupid. <laughs> How about I will leave it at that? And he will be a no-show, as will their starting center, as will their starting wide receiver. they got four guys suspended for this game. There's a backup that's also suspended. But uh, there you go. That's uh, the... Uh, and Mason Petrino, the quarterback. Colton Richardson's another quarterback. Uh, Mason will start, though. I talked to Paul. I put, talked to Paul Petrino yesterday, as a matter of fact, for a little bit, and um, just get a feel for his team. Did and the uh, look. It's a big eye. This is a Super Bowl for them. Let's let's be honest about it. I mean, this is. Um, yeah. Paul Petrino's been here three times himself as an assistant coach. So for him, this is no big deal coming in here. He does say it's a big deal as to who they're playing, and he looks at the defense, and he says, well, I'll tell you right now, 99 and 11 stick out to me all the time. Rosmatos and Parsons for the uninitiated, or for those of you who don't feel like calling up a roster online. <clears throat> Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 to 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Back in an hour. Talk with James Franklin. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.